Welcome everyone to RSP Cast Storytime. This is something new. <laughs> this is basically a Friday thing because on Friday I want nothing to do with football. It's my one chance to basically do two things that I really enjoy on Friday, which is play music and take lessons and and consume stories whether it's reading, watching TV, movies, looking at art, whatever. And I thought no better way to be able to kick off story time than a great story that I have from a friend of mine, Adam Dorn. Adam, welcome to the show. Oh, man, I'm really happy to be here. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it sure is. And Adam um, is a musician and a composer, writes for TV, writes for a variety of formats. He is a bass player. He got me hooked up with a with a um, musician by the name of Max Girl who teaches me bass on pretty much on a Friday by Friday basis. And that's been awesome. And we both are in a fantasy league together, thanks to his invite. And uh, we get a chance to talk and he's a big Eagles fan. And that's about the most I'm going to talk about football today. So, All right. but, but I would love you combine, you combine story time and music, both of my subjects that I love here with this awesome story that you have about yourself and one Gene Simmons of kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to give a little context and background on this because I think it's really important that the era that this story happens specifically in Gene Simmons' life is kind of great too because it's the late 80s in Manhattan. And you have to think if, if you're of a certain age, you know in the late 80s we're just a couple years away from Nirvana and grunge. So we're still in the hair metal, the height of hair metal. Yeah. And Gene Simmons... Before I start this story, I will say, Gene Simmons kind of discovered Van Halen. Oh, he didn't kind of discover Van Halen. Gene Simmons is heavier than the story is. In other words, I want to give him a little respect before I kind of show him in a light where he was kind of, he's a schmuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But the beauty of it is I think he's both things. Like, you know, so I, in 1988, I was working at a recording studio called Right Track. And Right Track was on 48th Street in, the, in Manhattan. And just to give a little context, like at the time, you have at Right Track, literally within this year, you have Living Color, Soul Asylum, mm. David Sanborn, Roberta Flack, um, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy <laughs> made a second solo record and he was there. Um, with Rick James, which is a whole other story. Um, <laughs> Luther Vandross, like just like Mariah Carey, like the, the height of the height of the height of American pop music and rock is being recorded at the studio. And I'm there as a 17 year old in, 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 in the Christmas season in Manhattan, working as a grunt at the studio. I'm like running errands and I'm a high school dropout. And this is like, I have to make it in the music business and I needed to get a job and be in New York and I'm a bass player. I'm like a burgeoning studio musician in New York, but I'm like, I'm 17. I'm not really getting gigs yet. So I'm working at this studio and at the same time in the studio in studio a is Gene Simmons producing a band called LA guns. Uh, I don't think they were like a huge hair metal band, but they were on the scene and they, they were big enough that they had Gene Simmons from kiss producing them in studio B is Marcus Miller. And it's funny. I, I thought of this. 
normally on your podcast, if Marcus is brought up, it's like, you know, what is it, Marcus May, or maybe an old Marcus Pollard reference. Like, <laughs> right. if you bring up Marcus's, it's not going to be Marcus Miller. It's going to be, so Marcus Miller is an unbelievable bass player that eventually becomes my mentor. Um, and I worked for him and with him for the next two years, kind of from this period on. So imagine 17-year-old kid, bass player, sitting in a studio, and we're all sitting at the front desk signing Christmas cards for the clients. So the staff is signing the cards, and we're writing a card to Marcus Miller, who's a client. He's producing David Sanborn and Luther Vandross in there simultaneously. And we're all just like, hey, we love you. Have, have a great Christmas, whatever. In walks to the front from the back, Gene Simmons. Now, mind you, Kiss has taken off their makeup. They're in this period in their career where they were like the biggest rock band in the world, but now they've kind of declined because hair metal has taken off and Kiss hasn't had their comeback yet with, you know, they came out of makeup. I think they made a record that, you know, didn't really, you know, it wasn't as huge. And they're getting ready to put the makeup back on and come back like, you know, like a tour de force, whatever. Long story short, it's Gene Simmons, it's Kiss, and I'm a kid that does not give, can I curse on this? Yes, absolutely. One fuck about Kiss. Like, <laughs> I'm actually to the point where I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm a bass player. You're a clown. Like, I'm like sitting there going, <laughs> and, and we're signing this card to Marcus. And, and you're I'm, 17. I'm 17, and I'm like, I'm literally like, you want to go? You want to go? Like, we I, we will do a bass battle and it'll be over in round one. It's like, you know, Tyson, you know, like a Tyson. Yeah which is happening at the same time. Which like, explains why you're from Philly and an Eagles fan and all yes. of this. Yes, yes, A lot of unnecessary anger, a lot of competitive, you know, energy, a lot of everything, you know. And I'm like, you know, I'm his height, you know, and I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm just like, dude, bring it. <laughs> so we're signing these cards, and I just jokingly say to Gene Simmons, I was like, one bass player to another. I'm like, hey, man, we're signing, we're signing uh, Marcus Miller's, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, season's greetings card or whatever, Christmas card. And um, he goes, Mar Marcus Miller, Marcus Welby. He's like, I don't know who that is. I don't care. And I was like, excuse me? I was like, he's, I was like, he's one of the best bass players in the world. Like, you're a bass player. You should know who Marcus Miller is. And he's like, I don't, I don't know who he is and I don't really care. And I was like, that's way out of line. And meanwhile, that week in Billboard magazine, which is like, still to this day, like the trade magazine for the business. There's an article about Marcus saying that he's going to be like the next Quincy Jones. And I, and I said, you don't know who he is. I was like, here's an article about Marcus <laughs> this week. And, you know, I was like, he produces Miles Davis. Like, come on. Cause I know deep down, like, come on, Gene Simmons is not a dope. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like a dope. And he's being like, you know, Hey, sharp guy. And I'm just like, I show him the article and he goes, he goes, you know what? Not only does nobody know who Marcus Miller is, he's like, nobody really knows who Quincy Jones is. And I was like, no, that's insane. <laughs> I was like, You're now entering the realm of insanity. And he goes, you know what, kid? He called me a kid. And he goes, we could go downstairs right now. And I bet you 20 bucks. And I, I get to pick the person. If I pick anybody, you have to say the following thing. Excuse me do you know who Quincy Jones is? And I was like, bet. I will do that with you in a heartbeat. And so we go downstairs. 
and we're on 48th Street in New York, and I, I'll get to what 48th Street was later, but he picks a UPS guy. And the guy's like, you know, he has his hand truck and he's walking up and I'm just like, excuse me, do you know who Quincy Jones is? It's like a Latino guy, maybe like mid, late 20s. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, he's Michael Jackson's producer. And I just slowly turn around <laughs> and, I'm like, and, and he just goes, all right, you got me. He goes, double or nothing. And this is where the story really happens because he looks, he points to a woman in her like mid, late 60s and he goes, Ask her if she knows who Quincy Jones is. So I, this woman's walking towards me, and I go, I go, excuse me, miss, don't mean to interrupt you. Do you know who Quincy Jones is? And she says the following, of course I do. He's friends with my husband. He was in the Dizzy Gillespie Big Band. He, he was, you know, he had a, he scored a bunch of films in the 60s as a legendary arranger. He and I turn around and I'm like, we're up to 40 bucks. So then in my infinite wise ass Philly, you know, Philadelphia Eagles fan, anger meets sarcasm way, I go, I look at Gene Simmons, who's already like, he's like, oh my God, this old, you know, obviously Jewish New York woman, like she's like, knows who he is. I slowly look at him and I look back at her and I go, can I ask you another question? She goes, <laughs> I go, do you know who Gene Simmons is? Now, mind you, he's got his makeup. Oh, sure. I don't like his music. <laughs> You've got two people who know who Quincy is, and this woman doesn't like your music. You have lost the day. And I just remember just being like, oh, my God. I won 40 bucks off of Gene Simmons. And I, I, I literally, in the beginning part of it, because I was really broke as a kid. I was like, I wanted, he plays these basses that are like insane. And I was like, I want a bass. And he's like, you're not getting one of my bass. <laughs> I literally said, I was like, oh, that's a shame because I would be the one between the two of us that could play it. And, I, <laughs> and, and to his credit, he laughed. I mean, I think he knows the score. Like, I don't think he thinks of himself as like, he's not some guy that's like. Right. He had a humility so, about that at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, the guy is at this point worth tens of millions of dollars, one of the biggest rock stars in the world, and this kid has gotten him for 40 bucks. And <laughs> and I should have gone, I should have kept going, because I think I would have, you know, like, added much more money. But long story short, we go back in the in the studio, and we go, he gives me 40 bucks, he gives me 220, so I'm sure he had a wallet full of money, and we go upstairs and he was cool about it. Like he yeah. was actually kind of cool about it, but I didn't dig this whole, like, ah, you know, like that he's, he's ragging on my idol and then he's ragging on another idol. Luckily I've worked with both of these men now and I've told them the Gene Simmons stories. I told, <laughs> I told Jones that I made 40 bucks because Gene, you know, it was like this weird pop culture Venn diagram of, you know, so it, it, it's, it's kind of great. So later, in the same day, and this is just a sort of side note, with my 40 bucks, which in 1988 for me might as well have been 400 bucks. Yeah. I went down to Electric Lady Studios where Marcus was working in, and I had this standing agreement with him, like whatever studio he was in, I could go to and hang out and learn and watch and, you know, watch records get made and watch him play. Like it was great. But uh, I go down there and it's David Sanborn, uh, Marcus, and I want to say it may have been, no, it wasn't, it was like 
just a group of musicians. Like those two would be and, the two. And for yeah. anyone who's not familiar with David Sanborn in the same way they're not familiar with Marcus yeah. Miller, if you turn on a movie in the 80s, there's either David Sanborn playing music or someone sounding like David Sanborn playing yeah. on yeah. the soundtrack, especially yeah. a detective not yeah. a, um, movie where there's some sort of sexuality going on, you know? Yeah, they, they did those. Um, Lethal it, Weapon was or, like, yeah. So Marcus and, and Eric Clapton and Sanborn, they all, they scored those films. And that's what made Marcus become a composer. And in turn, I became a composer because I watched these guys score films. And I'm like, I can do that. You know what I mean? So, you know, you just do the whole, like, you're an artist, you're a musician, you're a composer. In music, you got to do everything. So... I go down to Electric Lady and they're all there and I go, guys, and I was, I know I'm like, I sound boisterous and outgoing and you know, whatever. I was, I was in my shell around these guys. I wasn't very vocal and they, they, they liked me. They, they knew that, you know, I was going into this business and they, they, they respected my passion for wanting to, you know, it's it, at that point, it's like a guild, you know, like yeah. you're around older people and they support and mentor you and you come through. So when I came in with this guys, I got a story. They all were like, do you have a story? Like, I, we want to hear it. And I told them the Gene Simmons thing. <laughs> and at the end, I just from one pocket pulled out a 20 and from the other pocket pulled out a 20. <laughs> like, is on me. You know what I mean? Which, you know, even then, 40 bucks in Manhattan, maybe I could have gotten like two meals for these, you know. But they all laughed and they picked up dinner. They didn't make me spend my 40 bucks. It was really funny to be like, you know, hey guys, just in case you thought he was a schmuck, he is a schmuck. And it was just a great sort of motivating moment for a 17-year-old in the late 80s in Manhattan to like, you know, uh, take a charlatan's money, as it were, you know. But I will say this in retrospect, I feel like he also, to defend him a little, I feel like he's a smart enough guy to be like, you know what, I'm going to have fun with this kid and he'll probably get some money out of me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he had to know that Quincy Jones is at that point you know. Yeah, I think maybe I would have to think that at worst his assumption was is like this kid's got his head way too far up the ass of the music industry and doesn't have a realistic understanding that maybe. most people don't know who these folks are. And right. I bet if we walked out in the middle of New York City, out in the middle of the street, that nobody would really know. I'm going to show this kid that yeah, that some well, perspective. Yeah. Well, then on that on that. No, you know, that's him not reading the room and him not understanding that I grew up in the music business. My father was a record producer for 40 years and I was just like, nope, I know what I know. <laughs> and, he, and he did. He, he probably didn't know. I mean, no, he probably no. had no idea, you he know. Know. And I didn't, you know, and it's funny. I never saw him again after that. And if I saw him, I doubt that he would remember doing that. But, sure. you know. I think initially I was just like sort of coming from this and I just said it now. I was like, fuck him. But I was just yeah. like thinking like, you know what, man, music means too much to me. Music is my religion and fuck this charlatan. You know what I mean? And I always right. think of that as, and then as you get older, you're just like, whatever. It was just fun. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like a, a really random experience. Cause I should add like from my musical journey, like rock and and white rock music rock music has nothing to do with what I came from and like what I grew up learning. So there was always already this kind of disdain or disrespect. For, I'm like you're coming from this jazz and soul and R and B background, and you're like, 
makeup and kabuki bass. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. You know, I'm not feeling this. But just, yeah, it was really fun to be able to go and, like, you know, hang out with my my mentors, you know, who are to this day still friends of mine and, and just be like, yeah. Yeah, but that's fun and that's great because it does, you capture the moment of just being, like, what it's like being 17 and yeah. being like so super serious into what you are and then have somebody who is at, at who is just kind of left the pinnacle of what they were doing oh, and yeah. thinking and then it's just fun the whole idea of like they the ones that think they have perspective but they but you never know who you're talking to you and never that, know that's the rule you know it's funny my father taught me that lesson at a very young age you know just respect people because you never know like just you don't know who you're talking to so just it's so much easier not to be a schmuck just don't be a schmuck you know the the thing i took from it too is like why clip the wings of someone with this passion clearly passionate about this thing and you know you're trying to bring them down and i'm like to me that's like bully territory so i'm like oh no you swing back like and i'm not contentious i i'll hold stuff in i'm like i'm not a fighter so it was very uncharacteristic even maybe to this day for me to get into that kind of like, what are you out of your fucking mind? You know what I mean? I'll just say, yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah, but that that they messed. But when he mentioned Marcus Miller and and made fun of Marcus Miller, that probably pushed the only button that you had at that. Well, that to me was just like you don't do that, like especially, you know, uh, uh, comparing him to like a TV doctor from the seventies. You know, like Marcus. <laughs> well, why is Marcus Welby getting insulted too? Like that was. Right. <laughs> You know, Robert Young has nothing to do with this. You know, like, let's cut it out. Like, you know, yeah, it's funny. Like, I, you know, and also there's the inherent, you know, uh, sort of wise-ass Catskills comedian obsessed kid in me that was just like, all right, this is going to be a moment for me to just, like, riff yeah. on this schmuck. You know what I mean? You just have to do that. And, and there's something I want to do is that when you shared this story with me the first time, it was uh, – it you also had written it down on a site. And, oh, yeah, but that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore? That's too bad. Because when it's funny. You told it fantastic. Like, it was it was just as funny this time here. And then you added the coda of things that you didn't share in the, in the written yeah. portion. But I will tell people that the written part was fun, too, because you also kind of gave the way you described yourself and in that too had just this great sense of humor with it as well because it, it you know even how you described yourself there was like you were jabbing at yourself in the same way that you were jabbing at gene and yeah. and it gave it really set the vibe just as well as it as you said it today right now so both were awesome yeah man no no uh, thank you i appreciate that i mean i think that it's it's funny like context means everything because you know i could have been some spoiled brat like entitled totally like everything handed to me kid growing up the son of a someone in the business and the fact of the matter was my dad was making like nine dollars a year at this point and we're scrapping you know i, I always refer to it he was clawing his way back to the middle wow <laughs> you know? wow like, so it was, yeah, but you know, it all worked out. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's just funny. I, I'm, I'm really not a fan of people like trying to hold like someone that's young and passionate about something down. That to me is like, yeah, no, don't yeah. do that. That's like, that's hairs on the back of your neck. Let, let people figure it out, you yeah. know, and be there to help them when they, when they ask for that help, you know. Exactly. But yeah, 
That's yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. I I definitely appreciate this story and your help today doing that because this kicks us off in an awesome way. So nice. we're gonna do story time again down the line, and I know that I know that Adam is gonna be a guest again because I know he's got a boatload of good ones. Um, but I thank you guys for listening to this, and we'll probably do story time probably once every other week or once a month, depending on what goes on here. And uh, you know, appreciate you guys listening, and have a great weekend. Later.